Hey, this is Pastor Quint, and this is actually just a quick bonus podcast Pastor Nicole and I did for a group that she is a part of called The Change Group, and this really just walks you through the story of how missions giving turned around the financial situation at Area First Assembly. It's really encouraging, and I thought you'd get a lot out of it, so please enjoy this special episode of the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Change Group Podcast, where we strive to have conversations every month that help you as a leader move your church forward toward healthy and lasting change. We're so glad you're joining us today. If you're a leader listening, uh, driving change is one of the hardest but most valuable things for an organization, and we are just so glad that you tuned in. My name is Pastor Nicole Schreiber, and I lead pastor in Erie, Pennsylvania at Erie First Assembly of God. And today I have um, an awesome special guest with me, uh, my executive pastor, Quint Lindblad. Yeah, hey, I'm uh, excited to be joining you. Thanks for having me on, Pastor Nicole. Uh, My name is Pastor Quint, and I'm from a small town about 45 minutes from Erie called Jamestown, New York. And I got started in ministry um, just helping a small church with some worship leading about 10 hours a week. Uh, But three years later, I was on staff there full time, and God really snowballed it into uh, a calling on my life, and it's been awesome. And um, so I came here four years ago as a worship and uh, family pastor, actually, at the time, and then I did small groups for a little bit, and now today I'm the executive pastor here at Erie First, and I'm just excited to be joining you and to be talking about these things today. Yeah, so today, uh, what I really wanted to focus on was something that was a huge part of our turnaround as a church, um, and together, Pastor Quint and I have really walked this journey for... Um, I've been here five years, she's been here four, and so we've kind of been in the hills and the valleys of it, but uh, this is about missions giving and how it really changed um, a lot of things about our church, particularly finances, culture, that sort of thing. So that's where we're going today. Um, so let me just start by, um, let's just paint a quick picture, Pastor Quint, of what it was like sure. um, when yeah. we came. And um, like I said, I was here just, just a little bit before you, but when I arrived on the scene, um, the church itself was about $50,000 behind on our accounts payable, which is not preferred, you not, know, for not organizations. Where you be, right? And uh, we also have a Christian school um, attached to the church that was about $250,000 behind borrowing tuition from future years. Um, so all this to say, our budget was pretty much completely busted. And one of the things that suffered at Erie First, um, like many churches, when things get tight, was the missions budget. So uh, we weren't here to make all those previous decisions, but I think what would happen is when a bill needed paid or something that seemed urgent, uh, they would you know, make decisions like maybe, hey, let's borrow this money or take this money away from the missions budget. So I was just getting my feet on the ground really as a new lead pastor, and I remember praying and asking God, okay, what should I do about this financial crunch? <laughs> like we are in a bad spot, what should we do? And of course, you know, all the... Typical things came to mind, you know, uh, what, you know, what services are we paying for that we could, you know, take away? What can we use all the paper cups that don't match, you know, in the closet sort of thing? Do we need to lay off people? Those were the bigger decisions. Do we need to, um, you know, do something about our, not fix maybe something that's already broken in our building? Things like that. Do we organize a fundraiser? And really, um, as I was praying, God's answer wasn't what I expected. I clearly felt the Lord tell me you have to give your way out of this problem, yeah. <laughs> which wasn't at all what, what I thought. In fact, I, I remember saying to the Lord, we don't have anything to give. <laughs> you know, we, right, we need it for right. everything that we're in trouble with. But immediately, as crazy as, as it appeared, um, I went to our church board and 
uh, I began to say, all right, how can we tithe on our tithe? So all the all the money that came in, how can we give away 10% of it? And it was slow at first. In fact, uh, when we started, we were only giving 6%. That's all we could afford to, to give back into missions. Uh, the next year we gave eight, and by the third year we were giving 10. Uh, but I want to encourage you if you're listening today, and that seems like a crazy suggestion. It was crazy for us too, right. but we started somewhere. Right. And, and you know, um, Pastor Quint, that's what we would tell someone uh, actually a congregation member, right? Sure. If they say they can't sure. tithe, uh, we would say, well, start some- with something, give generously, and God will make it up. So anyway, um, we, we kind of started there. We used the Kingdom Builders model, which was uh, created by Rob Ketterling. We modified it to fit with the vision God had for our specific church. And basically, we use our 10% of tithing to support monthly missionaries that are out in the field, all over local, um, you know, international and, and global. And then on top of that, we collect offerings that fund predetermined mission strips. Uh, so for example, last year we helped fund a feeding program in Haiti. We invested in a local downtown church that needed improvements to their building. And we sent a team to Cambodia to work with children subject to human trafficking. So there, it's really this kind of wide variety of projects. They're, they're sort of one-time gifts into these predetermined projects and this goal uh, that we cast to the congregation. And every single year, the goal has been met and exceeded generously. In fact, uh, this past year, our goal was 40000 Even in, in the middle of COVID pandemic, it got, it exceeded. And so then this year, we're going to, our goal is 80000 So we were able to for, double for it in 2022 yeah. for one year. And so anyway, my point is this, the vision got caught and people right. began to give. And so, um, and let me maybe... Um, quantify it with this, the method isn't nearly as important as long as the end result is that there's a priority to give to missions. You know, you can do it any way you want. If you're listening and you do it a whole different way, that's okay too. I'm not actually um, promoting the method here per se, as much as what I'm saying is that when we made missions giving our priority, which is the heart of God, our church experienced some really significant things um, because of that obedience. And that really changed the culture. It really pushed us forward uh, when we made this decision. So, um, you know, I don't know, Pastor Quint, what did you see from the executive pastor kind of position sure. uh, that really changed our church as we made that a priority? Yeah, well, and I mean, when when all, all this got started, I wasn't even yet the executive pastor. So I was seeing it from a, a different view on staff as uh, the worship pastor and groups pastor. But, you know, um, giving to missions really did turn our financial problem around. I mean, you, you can hear people say that. You can uh, hope that it's true, but to watch it happen was quite uh, quite amazing. So, you know, literally, the more we gave to missions, the more our tithing increased, the more our church gave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- this spiritual principle, honestly, it doesn't make good business sense, but God's math just never fails. I, I actually come from the business world, and so mm-hmm. that's like what my background is. And so I know business principles, I know business things, and this might not necessarily uh, make business sense, but God's kingdom works a certain way. And so as we sowed into the kingdom, our finances for the church just became healthier and healthier. And there's no other way to explain it except for this. God made good on his promise from Malachi 3.10. In Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there might be food in my house. Test me in this, says Mm -hmm. the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And we've just seen that happen. We just Mm -hmm. actually committed to do that. 
um, on an organization level, like you said, Pastor Nicole, just like we would encourage a congregation member to do it. We knew if that's what we would coach and pastor a person to do, that's what we as an organization needed to do. And in just one year, we were giving more to missions than in the previous decade, mm-hmm. which is just amazing. We uh, even were able to make good on some of the missions commitments that had fallen behind before we arrived here. Some mm-hmm. of the things that did get cut, like you said, we were able to, to kind of go back and play catch up and make that happen. And all this happened while our Kingdom Builders account began to see that surplus that you were talking about. Yeah. And I think another thing that's just so important too, I love how you're kind of spelling it out from a from an aerial perspective of, so the um, organization uh, follows that um, Malachi 3.10 verse, uh, and then also the, the congregation, and then also the, the staff and leadership, you know, and I think we really made a concerted effort. Um, if you're listening today and you're the, the lead pastor or the leader of your organization, uh, it is so important that you yourself are, are giving that that tithe and that, that, you know, you're exemplifying that whether people know that or not. And then also all your staff, all your key volunteers, all your leadership. And we really uh, made it kind of like a, a house conversation that right. if you're part of the right. team, you're part of this mission and you're part of this plan. And I think actually that was a really significant part of uh, what God did here too. Yep. Yep. So um, another thing that we really saw is um, just giving to missions helped our congreg our congregation become less like self focused or self centric. Yeah. Uh, we have an older building, outdated, um, still displaying proudly 1980 mop carpet. You know, right, <laughs> like all right. that. Uh, we we need um, a new roof. We were in desperate need of a new parking lot. Um, you know, just a few months ago, uh, before we started giving to missions, I felt like all we talked about was how to pay for all the needs that we had. <laughs> like our building was our main concern. We, we would look around and we would see all these things dilapidating and thinking, well, we're going to have to save up hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix this and that. You know, we just really had this sort of, I don't know, a little gloomy, wouldn't you say, Pastor Quinn? Like sure. we yeah. got a lot to do. Uh, but after we started giving to missions and after we started hearing the reports um, you know, from these third world countries of inner city, mini- or, 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 or I'm sorry, third world countries or inner city ministries in our nation. We were, we were talking about all these places that had so little and we had so much. Something just about our conversation started to change. And I don't even know that I realized it until later. You know, it's one of those things that you kind of look back. But the conversations we were having weren't all about what we needed anymore. Um, and we watched how really uh, a moderately generous generous gift from our church fed an entire village. <laughs> like like a quarter of what we're going to pay for our roof, you know, was changing a whole city right, across the right. world. And the benefit of supporting another ministry fulfill a dream was really refreshing for us and invigorating for us. And actually, I think, gave people the incentive to give. We still needed to fix our building. I'm not saying you have to, you know, you let that go. But it gave them an incentive to give not only home but also abroad. I think maybe something we can get caught up in, uh, maybe congregation members think this or staff teams think this, and I heard it too when I first started was, uh, let's take care of home first. As soon as we get everything here all fixed and how we want it, then we can give. And I, I, I guess I'm here to say I do not, that is not how it works and that's not how the kingdom works. And um, I don't think that fixing everything, because that's just going to be a never-ending hole, and then you're, 
when do you eventually get to give? You know, so for us, we said, look, it's going to be a tandem thing. Um, and we're going to, yes, we'll do things that we need here in our building and here at home, but we'll also are going to give, you know, things away. And so over time, uh, we really began to watch our narrative change, our the leadership, the congregation, the church council. I really believe the questions changed from what do we need to what do they need. And um, giving to missions really became this sort of practical application of Christ's command for us to die to self, to die to everything we want, and as a church body, choosing to love others first. And so, um, like I said, about three years into this endeavor, now we're, now we're almost five years in, uh, our missions giving has skyrocketed. And just, I'm here to say, just this last summer, we miraculously um, repaved our parking lot out of our savings. Yeah. And so that was incredible. And we've given more away than we ever have. And so we learned that we don't have to choose between giving to missions or taking care of our own property well. Like we can do both. They work together hand in hand. And as we fulfill the great mission God has entrusted us with, he helps us with what we need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good. Um, another thing that we noticed was, uh, you know, giving to missions grew our heart for the loss. So not just, it wasn't just about giving to meet financial needs, but we started to see uh, that we were reaching their their soul needs, their um, their heart needs. So as our congregation engaged in hearing what God was doing around the nation and the world, uh, they became more intrigued and more focused on the lost right in their own neighborhoods. Um, so it was it was a, you know, we can go on missions trips and we can go reach people, but then we come home and we realize that our neighbors are just as lost. Our neighbors also need this message. One man in our church uh, traveled out of the country for the first time on a missions trip to Honduras. And while he was there, he helped with feeding programs for mothers and children. He was so moved by this ministry that when he returned, he actually immediately partnered with our local city mission to create mm. a feeding program right here in Erie, Pennsylvania, so which is just awesome. Another woman was giving faithfully to a missionary in Uganda, and when she found out that some refugees had recently moved to Erie from Uganda, she reached out to them, she brought them to church, she's currently learning their language so she can communicate the gospel to them. That seed was planted in her through giving to missions, and when it grew, her heart for the lost blossomed. And honestly, we are just a more missional church mm-hmm. in our own community because we've committed to missions giving both here and abroad and at a distance. Yeah. And that was really something I, I didn't expect. You know, I'll be honest. I, I didn't think, I thought, yeah, we'll we'll get the gospel all around the world, but uh, we're going to have to figure out a strategy for right here. But that really became part of who they were. Right. And that allowed our church, you know, to push forward. Um, another thing, I know um, as you continue talking, Pastor Quint, but I think it's so interesting um that it's really important to share these testimonies. So at, if you're as the leader, as the pastor, as soon as I heard about this, the um, our friend who went to Honduras and then came back and partnered with our city mission, we had to get that information out because it helps people see that it matters, it's working, that the dollar that they're giving is impacting, you know? And so an important part, I think, to communicate all this is to remember to get it in front of the people all the time, as much right. as you can, however you communicate, whether that's social media or bulletin or videos or, or every church is different, yeah. all of the above, yeah. you know, but um, that's a just a really important tip or tool uh, that don't keep those stories under your hat. You know, in fact, um, I encourage uh, all our pastoral staff, we, we sit often and talk about what are the wins, what are the stories. I'm trying to get some ideas so that we can communicate those in messages and different things like that. So Yeah, the key with this stuff is that it, it can't just be, it's not a silver bullet, and yeah. it can't just be a thing that you 
are are going to pitch and hope that it changes everything. It has to become your DNA. It has to become right. who you are, what you do, um, and and then you communicate it in that way. We're going to do this. Hey, here's the tangible win from doing this. And as you do that, the buy-in increases, the excitement increases, mm-hmm. the testimonies increase, all of the above. Uh, so that's what's so important Absolutely. from that. Um, another thing we saw was that giving to missions really deepened community right within our church. So coming together as a congregation to reach a common goal and then celebrating that goal as a church has just been so valuable for our congregation. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, you came here five years ago and I was one year behind that. And I think just in the transition, one of the things that was so powerful with this was giving our church something to have a commonality, a common goal yep. to embrace, to be excited about and uh, and to hit the the target together, and everybody mm-hmm. felt like they were a part of it. So uh, every year what we do is we hold uh, a banquet, or uh, in the pandemic we held like a special service, but we hold some type of event to celebrate all the wins of the missions uh, efforts and the outreach that we've done. And honestly, this has just served as a really great rallying point for mm-hmm. our congregation. So we review the missions projects together, we show them the pictures, video, whatever we can to show them what happened, what they did. And um, then we also show them how we've sent a team that has made lasting ripple effects uh, in these areas, and that has lasting ripple effects right in our own church body. So these trips have really helped to bridge the gap between generations. Honestly, they've created some of the most unlikely friendships within our church body. Uh, When you see some of the people who go on these trips together and they didn't know each other before, they might never have known each other before, and now they're just the best of friends. It's pretty awesome to watch. Um, And I honestly, I love, and I know you do too, Pastor Nicole, love watching and mentoring and investing in what happens when a missions team is in training. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just a really cool experience as well. So uh, if you've ever been on a missions trip, you know that during travel and on location and then coming back and reflecting on what God does during a missions endeavor, it really just bonds a group of people together like nothing else can. Um, Being stuck at an airport for 20 hours, things like that. Right. And so this experience cannot be uh, imitated, created, fabricated in some separate type of circumstance. This is really like, this is a one-time... Every one of those experiences is a one-time opportunity for those people to get Mm -hmm. to know each other in that specific and unique way. Uh, And so the community that's built within them and then ultimately within our church body is just invaluable, and it's amazing. Definitely. And I I would say this has even contributed to our growth. Uh, 100%. um, Yeah. We've had, you know, growth in attendance over these years, and... I really think that what happens is people start feeling part of the family. They start feeling, you know, part of the family of God. And um, they have this, you know, I was in Cambodia with you feeding a, a kid who was hungry. There's just nothing like that. You can't, yeah, you can't recreate that, like you right, said. And right. I think um, that has contributed to people new people coming to our church, but also people staying. And, you know, that's just as important as as the new people coming, right? right. And, um, and so that's been really, again, just an unlikely or a, uh, when I would maybe say to you, um, hey, I think you should give to missions as a leader, you aren't thinking of all these benefits right, you know, of, of right. that actually happen. So um, let me let me just end with this last one. Uh, giving to missions, we really believe, has just increased the spiritual temperature within our church, period. Um, really, as, as we shifted our focus to make missions giving a priority, to make, uh, in our, our culture, we call it love, build, send. That's our vision or mission. And so when we send, when we make that part of our culture, um, many people in our congregation really gave sacrificially 
And as they did that, just like the scripture said, they were blessed in return because, you know, God does what he says, right? And this created some real faith. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that has been so incredible to see that when we open up opportunities for people to obey the word of God and they do that, the Lord himself rewards them. And then we have more people full of faith, which is what we all want as leaders, right? And pastors and and that sort of thing. And um, on several occasions, uh, men and women on the mission field got filled with the Holy Spirit uh, because they needed those tools to do what God was asking them to do. Um, one college student delayed her graduate school ambitions to pursue her call to ministry because after she traveled to a third world country, her heart was just completely broken for these people. And so um, people are getting called to ministry. People were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People were developing gifts that they never would have developed if they were just sitting in the pew every Sunday and I was telling them about it, you know, and they were, they were full of faith. And so really the church as a whole has benefited as we intentionally have made the Father's heart for the lost more central. Um, it's almost like God knew, right? Right. Well, and that's, that's <laughs> the whole time we're talking about this. What, I was th- what I'm thinking is let's go all the way back to the beginning when you said that God was like, you need to give your way out of this problem. And we're all we, when you're in a financial crisis, Mm -hmm. all you see is the the math. And Mm. so you're just like, how am I going to give my way out of this problem? But what God knew was these four, five, six things were going to happen inside our church that was going to make our church healthier, stronger, more whole, right? And so that was what he was after. That's always what he's after. Giving is a heart thing. It's not a money thing, right? right? It's all about what's your motive. Do you have, does he have your allegiance and your obedience? You can show it with something as simple as 10% of your income and so it's pretty amazing to see it all spelled out here and to to talk through this. I, we live it, but then to, yeah. t- to pause and talk through it, it really is like, this is why God said you have to give your way out of the right. problem because you think you're going to strategize and market and mm-hmm. all these things to make uh, a church that's cohesive or you're going to do God's plan. Right. Right? You can do it your way. It might take 25 years or you can do it God's way yeah. and he'll blow your mind. Amen. So good. So... Anyway, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. There's a there's a lot more work to do to get the gospel to every soul on the planet. Um, but until then, um, I I think I just want to encourage every leader listening today, just be careful to never abandon the call that God has put on us as believers. That's right. uh, we find that in Matthew. Yeah. Uh, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And just with that promise, um, not only have we seen financial giving increase, but so many other things. Mm -hmm. And um, I just would really encourage you to make it a priority. I I want you to know it's been a success for us. It's been a win story for us. It's it's really been a huge part of our turnaround as a church, maybe even the biggest part. I mean, I I, got to say it has absolutely been... Uh, one of the biggest parts. So absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, if you want more information about missions giving or anything we talked about, you can find uh, my contact information and also of uh, the other pastors that are part of this group at www.thechangegroup.org. Uh, there are cohorts you can get uh, involved in. There's a conference we have once a year. Uh, get involved. Get these resources. It is so important for us to help each other uh, so that we can advance God's kingdom further and faster. Have an awesome day. I was wondering